Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. So Jesus ascended, and the text is Acts the first chapter, the first 11 verses, but I'm editing myself right now because I want to get part of a sermon in. Y'all okay with that? You're not going to beat the Presbyterians to the restaurant today, but that's all right. I'll have you there before the Episcopalians. There's one verse I want to lift up of what Jesus told us to do at his ascension. And it's the 8th verse of the first chapter. He says to his disciples, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And what I want the confirmation class to remember from this day and, and from this whole event is that Jesus commanded us to be his witnesses. To be his witnesses. This has been a day filled with memories. Watching these young people being confirmed. And you saw Luke Madden standing in the back. And I confirmed Luke Madden ages ago. And do not look at the picture Luke Madden has of me leading a junior high camp. Don't seek him out. But I remember my first ever baptism. I was ordained in a church that you didn't have to be educated to be ordained. You just have to be willing. I was, and they did. And at the age of 18, they licensed me to be a minister. And at the age of 20, they ordained me to be a minister. That's how long I've been ordained to be a minister since way back. Way back. 1978 was when I was ordained. They said, okay, it's time for you to do your first ever baptism. And this was in a church where the baptistry font was not a horse trough on the stage. The baptistry font was way up there on the back wall. Yes, it was on the back wall. Had a 100-watt light bulb shining down on it. Had curtains. And when it came time for the baptism... They turned on the 100-watt light bulb. They turned off the lights in the sanctuary. And at the appropriate moment, the deacon pulled the curtains. Well, what I learned about being, being an officiant at a baptism is in that church tradition, the preacher wears duck waders. Yes, I went to the room before the baptism. They put me in duck waders and suspenders, had my duck waders on. They put the white baptismal gown on me and I sloshed into the water first time I'd ever been in duck waders and they did tell me though the water is heated but if you smell electrical wiring burning don't go in the water so I took one step did the sniff got in the waters and I am in the waters choir sings its song right before the baptism now the choir is stacked all the way up to the top of the baptismal clear glass wall. And the tenors were on the top row. 
And the two sopranos that warbled, they sang one octave above the score. You know, every church choir has got one. They've got kind of the scream to worship going. They had done their song. Deacon pulls the curtains and there I stand. The only bulb in the church, 100 watts, shining above me. And the choir microphone pointed at me. And I grabbed the water. And I take a little in my hand and I pour it out and I say, just like Philip in the Ethiopian eunuch long ago, where the Ethiopian eunuch asked Philip, See, here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest in all thy heart, thou mayest. And I gave the signal. This is the signal to come be baptized. And there at the top stood Henry Dale and the deacon. And Henry Dale is in a white gown. And Henry Dale starts down into the water. And I should have known by watching him come into the water why they were letting me baptize Henry Dale as my first baptism. Because Henry Dale was terrified of water. Now in that church tradition, they don't sit you down in a trough. You are about this high in the baptismal waters. Henry Dale got to about the second step and I had my hand out and I kind of grabbed Henry Dale and I led him forcefully to the side wall, to the secret box that's on the side wall. Congregation's out here, deacon's out here. This is a solid wall. And down against the solid wall is the secret box. And the secret box is so you can put your feet in there. So when the preacher pulls you back, your feet don't float up. Because if your feet float up during baptism, you go to hell. (laughs) You don't understand. I came from a church where the Greek word baptizo means hold them under until they bubble. And that's what baptizo means. Hold them under until they bubble. And I plan to. So here comes Henry Dale over here. He's got his feet in the secret place. And I send Henry Dale, grab your nose. So he's got his nose grabbed. And I told him what I was going to do. I said, Henry Dale, in obedience to the Lord and upon your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put my hand on the back of your neck. Put my other hand here. And I'm going to put you down on the water. I'm going to say, planted in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Jesus, when he baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Good Lord, it's 1978, and I still remember the ritual. Get Henry Dale here. Get the word said. Get my hand here. Take Henry Dale down. Here we go. Henry Dale's being baptized. And about halfway through the baptism, I don't know why he did it. Yes, I do. He slid this leg out. Henry Dale has now assumed the scissors position. You cannot get anybody completely under the water in the scissors position. You can take him from about right here, and I'm thinking, this dude's eternal security is on the line here. Jesus wants him all the way under the water, but he wasn't moving. He was, and I don't know why I did what I did next. But I got him like this, and I got him like this, and I've got him halfway bent over, 
and he isn't going any further. And I've looked down, I know why he isn't going any further. I took this leg, <laughs> caught him in the middle of the chest, and powered him under. <laughs> I made a couple of discoveries. The water right above the choir was an inch from the top of that glass had now sloshed over. The choir is greatly offended that I've treated them like Methodists and I've sprinkled them. They are not happy. The other thing, y'all, duck waiters keep the water on the outside. But when you've bent down like that, the water goes inside. And duck waiters don't have a relief valve. So I get Henry Dale out of the water, and then I'm right behind him. Slosh, 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 slosh. The deacon takes me to the preacher unrobing room, and I've got my suit pants on under the waiters because I was supposed to go out and pronounce the benediction after the baptism. Deacon does not know that I brought half the baptistry font to the sacred room with me until I let go of the suspender part and the waiters go down and the water goes out and there I am slosh, 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 slosh and the only thing I can do is walk to the pulpit let us pray that was my first baptism Confirmands, aren't you glad that brother Chris baptized you yes you are and parents are going thank God Thank God. But I remember that. When Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses, the word witness means your story. You shall be the ones telling stories now. And what we've done in confirmation is we've given you the keys to the church. It's now your story. It's now your story of how Jesus has transformed your life. It's now your story of how Jesus has sustained you. It's now your story of how Jesus has brought you great hope and love and life. It's your story. Tell your story and tell your story your way. It's your story. Nobody can argue with your story. And it needs to be a story of love and grace and joy. I'm going to tell you something you may not know. It's okay to be a Christian and still smile. In the church of my baptism... When the preacher had had a particularly intense Sunday afternoon of meditation and had not gotten up in time to finish his evening sermon, we very often had what was called testimony service. And a testimony service is where you, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, get up and tell your faith story. And people would do that. And I've done that. And it's cool. And it didn't make me nervous because that's what we did. But there's a faith story I want to warn you about. I've heard it, and maybe you've heard it too. It's usually a middle-aged man who will stand up because his wife has urged him intensely to share his testimony. And he gets up and he comes to the microphone and he says, Brothers and sisters, I want to share my testimony of what Jesus did in my life. Oh, brothers and sisters, I used to be a sinner. I drove fast cars. I hung out with flirtatious women. 
I participated in felonious behavior. And he would start listing the felonious behavior and you weren't sure if he was confessing or bragging. He would go on and on and on and on and on. And then there would be this holy breath. And then I met Jesus. And I don't do those things anymore. And if you meet Jesus, you can be just like me. Who would want to, dude? Because you've become a Christian, it doesn't mean you sacrificed your joy. It doesn't mean you sacrificed your smile. It doesn't mean you sacrificed your sense of humor. So, boys and girls, young men and women, share with joy the story of what Christ has done with you. Share with joy the story of the church. Share with joy what you're discovering. It's yours. It's your story. It's your witness. It's your testimony. Remember that. Remember that. The other thing I want you to remember is is this year for confirmation we're going to we're going to redo the confirmation room. We're going to invite you to see it cuz you're a part of the brand newness of the confirmation room. We've had crosses made for the confirmation class. These are unique, and these are theirs. But here's the deal about these crosses. They're going to go on the wall in the confirmation room, and your name's going to be right beside your cross. And the crosses are going to hang in the confirmation room as a reminder for us to pray for you. Crosses are going to hang in the confirmation room for you to walk by from time to time and look in and see your cross to be reminded of your story to be reminded of the joy that is yours in Jesus Christ, to be reminded that you have a church praying for you and on your side and cheering you on and encouraging you. I want you to look at the cross and remember. And then, I think I did the math, when you graduate from from high school, are you the class of 2027? Yeah, some of the moms are going, that's way too much math for us. When you graduate from high school, we're going to take the crosses down, and on your senior Sunday, we're going to give them to you. So you can take them to college, or you can take them to wherever life takes you to be reminded that Trinity United Methodist Church has been praying for you, believing in you, serving you, and nurturing you. Young people, Jesus, when he ascended, told the church, you are my witnesses now. Go tell your story. Tell tell it in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Start at home, then the next place you go, then the next place you go. Tell your story. And I want you to remember to tell your story. It's your story. It's a powerful story. Tell it. And congregation, I want you to remember... Your baptism. See, we didn't get to do that at the beginning of the year when we usually do. We were, we were worried, so we didn't do it. But today, since we've baptized, and since I've told the Henry Dale baptism story, and since you're thankful I didn't baptize you, I want you to come remember your baptism. 
you may be like me in this shoebox. Let me have my shoebox for a second. I started with the shoebox because when I was baptized, I was a football player. I was 16 years old. And my preacher, who was about three years older than dirt and about this big around, was baptizing me. And you know what? I thought that old man's not going to be able to get me out of the water. So Brother Van put me back down into the water of life. And when I was fully under, you know what I did? I slid a foot out so I could push myself back up. I helped my preacher baptize me. Some of you were baptized in this church. Some of you don't remember your baptism, but your parents promised something, that they would keep you under the ministry and guidance of the church until you, by the power of God, will accept for yourself the gift of salvation and be confirmed as a full and responsible member of Christ's holy church. So this morning, baptistry, the baptismal font is filled with water. And I want you, as you're comfortable while we're singing our last song, to come touch the water. You might want to touch your forehead. I found out I've got a whole lot of folks that were touching their foreheads and making the sign of the cross this morning. That's cool, too. It's for you to remember your baptism and to remember you have a story. Yes, you have a story. It's to remind you that you're his witnesses to tell your story. So as we stand... And as we sing, I invite you to come and remember your baptism. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.